Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. Today, we're going to talk about salience. Salience means importance. Like your birthday will always be important to you. It would Those numbers, mine is March 18th, those numbers will always jump out at me. When someone says your name, even if they whisper it, though that word just jumps out at you. Like, did somebody say my name? Did, did they just they call me? Like, you can hear your name from miles away. Why? Because it's salient. It comes from the Latin word salir, meaning to leap. Something with salience leaps out at us because it is unique or special to us in some way. And now you're like, Leo, why? Are we talking about salience? Uh, before we get into the why, I just want to thank you and say I'm very grateful that you decided to to settle in with me, to tune in to this episode, and and also sharing it. The, the fact that you are sharing the episodes means that you're loving the episodes, and, uh, and I'm providing some value. So I appreciate that. Uh, the reason why we're bringing up salience is we know that when we look at research discussing contributors to suicidal ideation, it can border on two things. One is a perceived lack of belongingness. Like we don't belong anywhere. We're not accepted. We've been ostracized or um, uh, uh, not eradicated, excluded from, right, isolated uh, we just don't belong anywhere to our family, our friends, the neighborhood, community. We just don't seem to fit in. We don't even feel like we fit into our skin. We just don't feel like we belong. And then the other one is that we feel like or perceive that we are a burden to, to other people or to our community or friends or, or whoever, to the world at large. Like we're not providing any value uh, we feel hopeless, worthless, so on and so forth. So the key word in both of those, whether we're talking about belonging or that perception of burdensomeness is the word perception. We perceive ourselves not to belong anywhere. We perceive ourselves to be a burden. Now, in some cases, I know some of you are like, yo, no, they straight up told me I don't belong here. <laughs> I've had that at nightclub. Uh, you don't belong here, sir. Uh, you know, those country clubs, the uh, fraternities, what have you. People have just outright said, you don't belong here. Or said, we no longer want you here. You were in, and now you've been kicked out. Um, or some people have said, yo, you, I can't afford to keep you around anymore. So we've we've had very direct uh, communication and confirmation that we no longer belong to a certain group or that we are uh, some type of burden to a person or entity or company. And so we've been relieved of our duties, right, or released from. That can be painful, hurtful, uh, embarrassing in some ways. But once again, I want to denote the keyword: perceived burdenness, burden burdensomeness and perceived lack of belonging, which is the case 
most of the time. Not every time, but in most cases, it's our perception of not belonging, our perception of being a burden that is really painful for us. I know for myself, when I thought about ending my life at the age of nine, or, you know, I told my mom at the age of nine, I would end my life when I was 40. And when I look back at why, it's because I perceived myself to be a burden. And I, and I kept looking for clues that I was a burden, you know, whether mom was struggling with money, she needed, uh, she was borrowing money from me, um, you know, the, the, there wasn't a, a lot of food in the fridge, whatever it was, everything now, because uh, the feeling of, uh, of being a burden was so salient to me, I kept looking for confirmation bias. That's all I could focus in on. That was what my spotlight was on. How am I a burden and how can I not be a burden? And then the same thing with not belonging, right? That perception of I don't belong anywhere. I just kept looking for ways, uh, uh, you know, instances where I don't belong, where I might be too much, where I'm taking up too much space. I mean, even now I'm very uh, aware, just in my muscle memory, of how much space I'm taking up and, and being mindful of that. And now as I've gotten older, I'm 47, I've, I've learned to relax a bit, loosen up, to melt into the moment, take up some space, embrace who I am, embrace my ideas, my thoughts, my size. You know, I'm a 6'1", I'm a big guy. I'm sizable. I take up space so that, you know, I can now respond instead of reacting or going into my head and catastrophizing how much of a burden I am or how much I don't belong. So salience. So why did this word come up for me? Salience. Michelle and I were listening to a podcast in a car and the guy was telling a story. It was a great story. We loved the story. Uh, the podcast was The Moth. If you've never listened to it, they it's a podcast where they have like four or five storytellers. And some of them are great. Some are funny. Some are scary. Uh, some of them are traumatic. They, they just take you through the range of emotions. So the first one was exciting. And Michelle and I were like high-fiving after. It was so, such a great story. And then the second one was so boring. Like halfway through, we both looked at each other like, this is horrible. And Michelle asked me, she said, why does this story suck? Why is it so bad? As I'm listening, I realize the guy kept using too many ands. Now, after I say this, you're going to notice how many times I use and. And the word and, A-N-D, it slows down a story. It, when it, we use too many, like if you go, I went to the store and I bought some milk and I bought some eggs and I bought uh, some d d uh, ice cream and I ran into a friend and we talked for a few minutes. And then I went to the checkout and checked my, uh, my groceries out. And then I walked up to the car and, and, and like all these ands or some people say, and then, and also uh, those are filler words. They slow down a story and they take up space of words that could be more descriptive. So instead of saying, I ran in, uh, you know, I went to the grocery store and I bought grapes and I bought this and I bought that, 
you know, you could replace that and say, I went to the grocery store, bought grapes, ice cream, candy. Shockingly, I ran into a best friend who I hadn't seen since third grade. He's 6, 12, 6, 8. So we can replace those ands with more descriptor words, with more emotional words, right? So that's why the second story was so slow. So after I uh, communicated this to Michelle or shared it with Michelle, it's the number of ands. All she could hear after that were ands because that was so salient to her. She couldn't hear the story after. All she heard was how many times the guy said and. It's kind of like when people play the drinking game of drink every time someone does this or someone does that. That's what is salient to us. And so, you know, going back to when we have that depressive mind or we're in that suicidal mind state, what's salient to us is the pain, the pressures of life, how we are a burden to people, how we don't belong, um, you know, all those, you know, and they just, we just rack up all this, like this, this swell of negativity, this tsunami of negativity until we're drowning in it and we can't tell which way is up. How do we improve our salience? And then, <laughs> and I'll give you a funny t- uh, tidbit here on salience, right? Here's a, is a funny thing. In Amsterdam, years ago, decades ago, actually, there was a janitor at the airport in Amsterdam cleaning up, noticing that guys have horrible aim in the restroom. We can never seem to hit the urinal. No matter how much or how often he cleaned up, urine everywhere. And I know you're like, oh, this is disgusting. He realized if he etched a fly or put a picture of a fly in each one of the urinals, the guys would come in, see a fly, and be like, oh, I have something to aim at, and then aim for the fly in the urinal. Oh, lo and behold, not a lot, the bathrooms were 90% cleaner because the fly in the urinal was salient. We hadn't seen it before. It's like, what, a fly? I got to hit that thing. And, and so you see this in a number of urinals where there's a fly or a soccer ball a uh, a hand some you know some people put ice in the urinal anything to get us to focus anything to to make it salient for us right <laughs> and so that's really how simple guys are how simple can you be so the question is how do we make the fact that we're not a burden that we do belong um that we do have value um that we're not always in pain, that, that, that we're not always under pressure, and that there are moments of, of levity and, and freedom and space to breathe. How do we make that salient for us? One is, you know, through clarity and simplicity, to, to, to write down. You know, a, a previous podcasts I talked about writing down what we value writing down our principles, also, you know, writing down our goals. When we write those things down, they become salient for us and writing them down daily. Because remember, 
the the thoughts of feeling like a burden or not belonging or pain and pressure, those things are are thoughts that we're having on a daily basis. So we have to counteract that with writing down our goals or recording it and then playing it back. I have a friend, he records his his affirmations in his recorder and then he plays it back. And another way uh, that I do that is I will write an email to myself with questions or thoughts or quotes or ideas and then schedule that email to be sent to me at different times so that I have that intermittent reinforcement of what I want to keep salient. Through clarity and simplicity, we can articulate our ideas to into straightforward concepts that keep it salient, right? If it gets if you're writing like long paragraphs of what we want to keep salient, then it's not going to work. So for instance, when I go for a walk in the morning, part of my brain only noticed the people who didn't wave or say good morning or say hi. So then I started counting the number of people who acknowledged me, who said hello, who waved, who you know struck up a conversation, asked how I was doing, who made eye contact. That then became more salient versus the people who didn't wave, didn't say hi. And then I started to notice way more people wave or say hi than the people who don't. But I just only remember the people who don't say hi. What becomes more salient? When I'm reading the newspaper, I love to, I've been reading the newspapers in the morning. Now I look for key words because the newspaper and those headlines you know, they, they hit, try to hit you with the victims die in a car crash or attack in such and such. And so they try to make their words salient by making those uh, emotional words much larger than the rest of the text. But I go in looking for uh, words that I value and I circle them. I'm like, wow, this guy's a professor. That, that person uh, is trying to bring closure in their life. This person celebrated life. So within a newspaper, I'm circling words that I want to make salient in my life so that I'm counteracting the, the larger uh, messages there that the newspaper may be trying to send to me, right? So clarity and simplicity. Keep your ideas simple. Um, and then also have visual representations of what you want to keep salient. I have a picture of my nine-year-old self on my cell phone as a reminder that the 47-year-old Leo has needs, but my nine-year-old self has needs also. I need that visual representation to remind myself I'm, I have to parent that nine-year-old version of myself uh, and, and give it the things that I felt like I needed or wanted or desired as a child and, and to remind myself that I also have that nine-year-old floating inside of me. And in that way, as I'm making decisions and navigating through life, I'm thinking about my nine-year-old self. How do I adult myself? I know some people have charts and graphs and, and infographics to kind of give them a visual. Um, I have a friend who has a sketch pad where they sketch out their ideas and, and what they want to keep salient on a daily basis. You know, whether that's drawing faces, I like to cut out quotes and images from 
newspapers and then put those in my journal. So then I have visual representation. That way, when I'm flipping through my journal, I'm not just reading a bunch of text. It's broken up with visual imagery. It's broken up with uh, a, a different um, writing structure, right? Because, uh, you know, I, I write a certain way, and then when you have printed text in there, your eyes it be, it immediately becomes salient. The third way we can make things salient is through storytelling. When people are asking you how your day is, that's an opportunity for you to make salient what's valuable and important to you, what you want other people to uh, reflect back to you. I want to go to Antarctica. That's my seventh continent. I haven't been there yet. So oftentimes I will tell people, oh, I'm reading about Antarctica. I was thinking about Antarctica. Any way I can throw Antarctica in there, I'm like a nine-year-old, right? Antarctica this, Antarctica that. And then people start sharing information with me about Antarctica to help me keep it salient. But what we put out there comes back to us. So if we want to, so that's why it's so important for us to know what our north is, what our compass is, so that as we share that with more people, they start sharing it with us. I have a friend who uh, her mom died from all, her dad died from Alzheimer's. And so she's worried now that she also will have Alzheimer's. And I know that she's constantly reading books and articles about how to prevent it or and how to take care of her brain. So when I see, because she's talked so much about it and shared so much about it on social media, when I see her article about it, I send it to her, right? So through storytelling, through the stories we're telling ourselves, the stories we're telling other people, that's how we keep things salient. That's how we keep what's important to us salient. So if you're coming home from work and you're sharing about how awful work is, that's fine. But get back to what is important to you, what's valuable to you. Include that in your story. Weave that in there, right? And which brings us to the fourth way to keep things salient. Repetition, repetition, repetition. That's what songs do. They keep repeating the hook until all of a sudden you find yourself in the shower or in the car singing the hook. You didn't try to memorize it, but you've heard it so many times that your brain just naturally goes there. So that's the power of repeating affirmations to ourselves, where then when we're in pain, we feel pressure, we feel like we don't belong, we feel like we're a burden. Those are moments where our self-affirmation can kick in and we can, pre- we can repeat whatever our mantras are. And then another thing, another way of uh, keeping things salient and what's important to us salient is to read books that focus on that. Like I just bought a book about Antarctica and I read about people who travel and explore to keep that idea salient. I was at Barnes and Noble today. There was this guy who wrote a book on how to write and I picked that book up because I love to tell stories. So to uh, um, improve my storytelling and to keep the importance of storytelling important to me, I read books about how to tell stories, to keep it salient. And then the last way we want to keep ideas salient is through surprise, right? I talked earlier about sending intermittent emails to myself about what I want to keep salient, ideas 
some sometimes what I'll do is I'll write down ten of my goals and then I'll just send it to myself at some random time, like three months, six months, nine months from now, to look at it so that I keep it salient. I keep it in my brain. If there are things in your life, there you know, there should be at least one to three things in your life that you want to keep salient. Find different ways of bringing that into conversations, having visual cues, whether you uh, make signs and put them around your house or little sticky notes and put them on a refrigerator, draw it on your bath, take a dry, um, a dry erase marker and write what you want to keep salient on your bathroom mirror. Send emails and text messages or links to people about what you want to keep salient. Put it on your Facebook wall, your Instagram images. Keep them in your phone. Whatever you have to do, make a vision board to keep what is important to you salient. Even make a graph. You know, uh, gra- you know, make a little chart of how many times people say hello to you, or how many uh, friends respond to your text message. Whatever it is, anything to help remind you that you do belong. You're not a a burden, right? I was going to say complete burden because uh, th- there's some reality to us all. Like we're, you know, with the planet, we can feel like <laughs> we're a burden to the planet even. So to remind ourselves that we have value and that we contribute, make a chart of that in ways that you've contributed, ways that you felt valued, ways in which people have shared with you that they value or have thanked you. Count the number of times you've been thanked for something or how much you've, you know, when I receive emails from you, I keep those in a, a, a folder of, you know, the people who, that way when I go, ah, you know, why am I doing this? I go back and I read through the emails and I say, oh, this is why I do it. That's, that's you know, the, the, the impact, the difference that I'm making. So thank you for tuning in. If this uh, episode has had any value to you, any impact on you, if there's anything that stood out, left out, that had any salience for you, please take seven seconds and share it with one other person. Um, remember, this podcast is not a... Uh, substitute for you calling the 988 number or any of the 800 numbers listed in all of the show notes. You can chat, talk, text. You can go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one coaching with me. That's right. If you're struggling to manage your life physically, emotionally, socially, spiritually, mentally, financially, go to thrivewithleo.com and maybe you're managing it all. But now you're lacking meaning in that. Go to thrivewithleo.com. We can help you manage. We can help you find meaning. And we can reduce that pain and pressure for anyone out there who is feeling like a burden or or like they don't belong. Go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one coaching with yours truly. Let's get to tomorrow together.